Matthew here with the Tractor Beam Comics Review on the Ion Cannon Podcast, part of the Star Wars Underworld Podcast Network. First off, got two stories set within the Battle of Jeddah. Got a High Republic Insider short story by George Mann called Tales of Enlightenment, the usual, the unusual suspect, I should say. That's part of Star Wars Insider Magazine number, issue number 216. This was an interesting one set, of course, in Enlightenment with the characters that we know and love, uh, this band of characters that we've heard in George Mann's Battle of Jeddah, and that's why this felt familiar, uh, that opening part. And, uh, yeah, an interesting little side story within the battle, uh, really about uh, perceptions of the Brothers of the Ninth Door and how this Brother of the Ninth Door, so in the chaos of the battle, Enlightenment actually gets gets robbed and raided and then a brother of the ninth door in the back he is uh he saves the day and, and people didn't didn't expect it didn't suspect him to be the the uh the savior of <laughs> of the day and uh yeah it was an interesting little twist on it um it's hard to say what to say about this story it was a well-written story nice little story but after battle of Jeddah, you know we know what happens. We know, you know, the characters all leave the leave the the bar and uh, see an explosion, and, and you know the the uh, the talks between Iron and Aaron have broken down. And so, I mean, this is also a good, maybe a good example of how the fitting with High Republic together works. But also, again, we know there's a much bigger story happening around it. So, uh, I'll be curious to see. There's not too much more to say, but. Curious to see in 2.17 if, um, you know, th- this that has more weight and more significance. So I'll move on to the second story in uh, uh, during the Battle of Jeddah, High Republic comic, high, going back to comics now, High Republic number 5 uh, by Kevin Scott, art by Andrea Bacardo and covered by Yannick Paquette. I'll read the description here. The Battle of Jeddah has begun as the Herald of the Open Hand stokes the fires of Jeddah. Vildor Mack and Maddie Cathley are overcome by uncontrollable fear. Tay Sarek is a prisoner of the Guardians of the Wills. Can he use the chaos to escape? And who are the mysterious strangers ransacking the Temple of the Kyber? Is nowhere safe? And first off, yeah, this was a, a, a really fun issue. This did feel more significant, significant um, as did issue number four, more directly connected to the battle. Gross another angle on it. As again, High Republic does, showing all these angles of a single event. Phase one did that well. I found phase two is doing this again, specifically at least this wave still in this first wave of phase two, all about the different impact and different impacts and implications of this battle. In the middle of it, you know, Vildar Mac and Vildar and Maddie, they they face the nameless and the leveler or the leveler and whatnot. Really interesting, scary horrifying intriguing new power for the nameless or the level or whoever it is um vildar sent back into his memories of the sorcerer of tund everyone who's force sensitive is um not they don't crumble in ash and into a heap of ash like we saw in phase one they kind of go nuts and, and go ham and um yeah like saying it kind of remind me of uh the boar gullet the boar how they're able to these creatures who are able to affect people's minds and uh, really, really intrigued again, intrigued by the implications of that going forward, storytelling implications of that. Um, 
really got a shout out to Andrea Bocardo's work here in this issue, uh, especially fantastic. It's hard to capture the chaos of the battle, capture all this movement and this motion. Um, but Ricardo does a fantastic job. You really feel it with the colors, with the movement, the implied movement on the page. Um, and then, of course, punctuated by the quiet, calculating moments of the path of the open hand, ransacking the temple. Uh, I do have this very clear memory of the mother just in a still looking back and um, kind of chilling there. But within that, again, everything going on with Tay and Maddie and with, sorry, with Vildar and Maddie and Tay using the chaos to escape. We really feel that. We believe that. So well done all around. All right, uh, moving on then. Hidden Empire number three, moving in, forward in the timeline to that whole Hidden Empire era. Uh, Hidden Empire number three, written by Charles Soule, with art by Stephen Cummings and covered by Paolo Sequera. I also picked up the connecting variant by Stephen Cummings. So happy to be able to do that. The summary, all of Lady Kira's plans to destroy the Sith hang in the balance, but she is not alone in her desire to destroy the Dark Lords. Witness a battle decades in the making as Darth Vader faces off against an adversary who has spent her entire life training for this one final shot at revenge. I'll say that again. Has spent her life training for this one final shot at revenge. Very much uh, kind of a, a Drax Thanos situation um, with, uh, with Chanath Cha and Vader. You can basically hear Vader saying, I don't remember who you are. Uh, Chanath Cha saying, you killed my family. This, the thing, And this has been building up. We've seen her in the past. Um, again, I mean, it's hard to say too much. I definitely I was very intrigued also by the archivist being willing to um, destroy, uh, was it the lady, lady, lady bird, whatever the, the droid's name is, in order to just make her escape and willing to Knowing, I mean, knowing what the Sith are, knowing how powerful they are, being willing to sacrifice Chanath, sacrifice the Droid in order to save herself and, of course, Kofan Ferris. Because knowing that with Kira, you know, everything is worth bringing the, um, the, the, the Fermata cage back to Kira, if that falls into the wrong hands, if that falls into Vader's hands, then. Things are truly over. Not saying Kira's are necessarily the right hands, because I think part of where this is going is uh, having something so powerful will ultimately corrupt everyone. Kira, you know, I mean, again, we even see this with with the archivist, with, with Madeline's son, how she is willing to compromise these morals. Not that she necessarily had much in the way of morals in the first place, but well. I remember she was willing to let Yoda go. I remember that point, that issue in um, Crimson Rain. But here she's, she, you know, she gets out of Dodge. And China Cha, who, it's kind of sad. I mean, we know Vader doesn't care. We know Vader doesn't know. But, um, you know, how many people are, are in China Cha's vote of having this quest for revenge against him? Um, I'm trying to think of plenty others we know plenty others who do um it feels it feels like something out of legends a little bit that they'd have have someone even um even violet valance at this point probably does too come to the end of it but yeah there are a lot there are plenty and um they all they never succeed and, and that's another theme is that 
this quest for revenge is also like the formatic cage, something that will corrupt you into taking actions that you know maybe selfish, maybe not in terms of its results, but foolish and foolhardy and, and arrogant thinking you can actually take on Vader. Um, in the end, it doesn't work. <laughs> so, so that's Hidden Empire number three. I, I want to call it the flagship. I'm going to get to this in a second. Uh, it's not a flagship. It's a standalone issue, standalone run, I should say. Um, hopefully, again, there's a connecting event coming up sooner or later. But for now, moving on to Vader number 31. Last book of the of the night here. Uh, Vader number 31, written by Greg Pak. Art by Ibrahim Robertson. Uh, cover by Raza. And I picked up the Lanil U variant as well, which is really, really cool. White with... Vader facing off against Joel Tambor, which is pretty great. Anyway, the Tambor Gambit. The Dark Lord finally comes face-to-face with Skakoan revolutionary Joel Tambor. And Sabe finally must pick sides, I think. Is Joel just another selfish, revenge-driven monster? Or is he a freedom fighter who desperately cares about his people? Or both? And is Vader more interested in crushing Joel or completing the co-option of the Padmaidens of Padme Amidala? Now, on this own... I have two things on this own the story and how it relates to everything else here. First of all, on its own, I actually really enjoy this. It was well paced, um, especially again the theme of the handmaidens, Vader motivating the handmaidens, but also using them, tempting them to corrupt themselves, but also uh, motivating them to uh, do what they can do. I also really love just as a little canon connection moment slymore's whole par- what i'm calling the parade of the handmaidens it's been it's been a big week for southwestern ontario zk johnston all that summary just brought back everything from ek johnston's trilogy those characters that she did really good job developing and fleshing out uh good on greg pock for doing them justice in that moment in that summary uh, for people who haven't read those novels getting that cut up I always, always love Revenge of the Sith flashbacks. Um, you know, we're used to them by now. We've seen those kind kinds of flashbacks in the, even going back to the, of course, the Kieran Gillen run, the very beginning of the Kieran Gillen run, all the way through, of course, the Charles Soule run, I mean, including Attack of the Clones flashbacks, or the Phantom Menace, any kind of the prequel memories that Vader has of Anakin and of his life and the way he explores things. Um, Loving the reminder that this book especially has done a fantastic job of uh, reminding us that everything with Vader has been about Padme all along. That he's still holding on. Yes, we've seen this in other books as well. Saw it at the end of the the Charles Soule run. We saw it in um, that VR game experience uh, of Vader's castle with Corvax Fenn and all that. Or not Corvax Fenn, with Corvax, Lady Corvax herself. Um, he's still fixated on how Padme, what he sees Padme has rejected him, even though he also probably feels in his own way, the guilt for pushing her away. Um, that, you know, it, Padme, it's me. This is how this should have gone. Uh, really, that was another striking little wrinkle because in that moment with, the, I believe it's the Kieran Gillen run, that's the moment, first moment we see, uh, Vader's understanding of a- Vader kill- had killed Anakin whereas uh, like we saw in Kenobi we saw that kind of again 
Here it's more of a, oh, I pushed Padme away, or and she was supposed to join me. These complicated layers of that. Anyway, um, you know, so again, with the, and again, I mentioned this multiple times, but this is another reminder of, uh, you know, everything is about Padme, including everything with Luke, right? Anakin returns when he sees Padme's son being tortured by Palpatine on the floor where he threw Padme and, you know, kind of going through his mind, his heart, his psyche, his soul. Here's his chance to pick her back up to actually restore her legacy, which the handmaidens have sought to defend. So that's, it's really wonderful, really amazing why the handmaidens have been in this run so much and all along, especially Sabe. Um, and seeing their motivations to keep Padme's memory alive, restore her memory in the galaxy, her legacy. Of course, one of the ways Star Wars does, you know, and I know this is complicated politically, complicated in terms of gender politics, but it's still a human truth. One of the ways, uh, our, as human beings, our legacy is carried on is in our children, is in our even biological children. And that is something Star Wars has explored. Um, birth it has explored found family and adopted family and picking up legacy in other ways, especially with Rey, with Luke and Leia. It really has, and, and Ben Solo, has explored legacy through blood lineage. And that's another part of being human as well. And um, you know, this, this book, this, this comic book, is really bringing that to the fore I think maybe implicitly, but both, of course, everything with Vader being remember, remembered by Padme. But it's, it's this little hint of jogging his mind, his psyche, his soul to say, here, here's this other part of her legacy, or here is her legacy as queen, as senator, as leader, that is taken up into what could have been her legacy as mother, as mother of Naboo, as mother of Luke and Leia here's the possibility to restore her legacy uh, by saving his son and by defeating the Sith. Again, I, I keep saying this is where this all might be going, ultimately. One thing I will say, however, <laughs> is the however, when it comes to this comic book, Sabe's allegiances, the overall thrust of the story, it's been way too drawn out. I think they could have probably brought the Handmaidens in they could have come to the point with Padme and Revenge of the Sith flashbacks. Maybe by issue 25, maybe earlier, I'm kind of pulling that number out of the hat. It's just been especially too much back and forth with Sabe. And that's what's so weird about that publisher description. Sabe finally picking a side. Even at the end, she still doesn't. And uh, come on. Um, you know, everything with uh, with Kitster and Wald, and that was confusing. And again, interesting to bring them in. Maybe they could have brought them all in together with Kitsternwald and the Handmaidens together or something. I don't know. Um, it just could have been a bit tighter. And it just felt back and forth and back and forth. And, uh, yeah, I mean, who knows. But uh, I will say that this run, like every other run, does seem to be coming to an end. Here's the thing I'm wondering just now is, did they stretch this out, stretch this out to issue number 31? Um Stretching out the other issues, ongoing 31, etc. To 2023, to the 40th anniversary of Revenge of, or Return of the Jedi, rather.
Uh, where, again, I think this is all headed. We know this is where the plot line is headed, but they're really doing, again, a great job of building that in, building the climax of Return of the Jedi backwards into these stories and the motivations and where the characters are going, especially with this run with Vader. I, you know, that's the big climax is Vader's turn to Anakin and Anakin's Return of the Jedi. So maybe they plan that. Maybe they plan to try and draw things out till 2023. There has been a big event that's been teased. Maybe that's related to Return of the Jedi. Uh, here's hoping. Who knows? Uh, well, I'm sure Charles Soule and people at Lucasfilm, Michael Soglane, they know. But we will find out, hopefully sooner rather than later. But until then, that is what the tractor beam dragged in this week. A bit of a longer tractor beam. You got four stories, so have to go and do it. And, you know, one of them is a Vader Luke Padme story. So go into that. Let me know what you thought of, of all these books, of the Battle of Jedha books, of Hidden, uh, Hidden Empire Crimson Dawn. Um, Vader. One last thing I do want to say. Uh, I forgot to mention this. Um, I said Hidden Empire. It's a standalone run. There's clearly a reason why um, Vader and Afra and them don't have the the Hidden Empire banner on. These are not, this is not a crossover event. It's very much standalone books that are doing the old Marvel thing. There are two Marvel things, right? Because they the massive crossover event where you have to, have to buy everything or else you're going to miss something. So just give us all your money. And then there's the other Marvel thing where characters or books are just doing off their own thing and characters can come in and whatnot. Um, you know, Vader can be bounty hunters and in hidden empire and in his own, in, own run and doing all sorts of different things at the same time, reading it in the same week in the same sitting, but not necessarily too worried about where it lines up. That's just a thing comics do. Um, but it means that these stories aren't really as connected. These storylines aren't really as connected to Kira's plan to uh, take on the Sith. And that's because it's heading to Return of the Jedi. And that story is frankly more important than Kira's story. As awesome as Kira's story is, Charles will be the first person to say what George Lucas, the story George Lucas gave us in 1983 is more central because it is, it is a climax of the Skywalker saga. And so everything comes under that. And that is how Canon works. So, you know, if Greg Pak's book necessarily has to focus more on everything happening, leading up to return of the Jedi, then okay. I get, you know, that's why it can't really focus too much on the Kira storyline. Afra's book can, and that's the thing, because Afra is more within that realm, and she isn't as connected to Vader as as you know Padme. <laughs> um, and, you know she is, but not in the same way. So you know that, to my mind, I'm not too worried about that. I'm I'm reconciled to that, but um, yeah, I just I'm don't expect all that much to to tie up uh, or to tie together in terms of lining up, just like the Santa and Afro books, um, not necessarily lining up. That's fine. Um, I'm hoping when they advertise bill us across a big crossover event, that will, that is more coordinated. They've done that before. War of the Bounty Hunters was really well coordinated. Crimson Rain was really, really well coordinated. Maybe this isn't the hidden empire. Isn't the third chapter. Maybe it is, but, um, maybe there is an actual third chapter 
coming up this summer. So we'll see. Um, anyway, let me know what you thought of, of the Battle of Jedha books, of the Vader books, plural, um, uh, and, and, and everything going on in the Star Wars comics world. Uh, let us know on Twitter and Instagram at IonCannonPod. Uh, coming up next week, ongoing number 31, as I said, written by, again, Charles Soule. Art by Andres Ganele, cover by Steven Segovia, and Bounty Hunters number 31, written by Ethan Sachs, art by Paolo Villanelli, cover by the great Giuseppe Camincoli. Uh, pop by your local comic shop for physical copies of the books are reviewed today, as well as your share of Star Wars Insider. My LCS has them. Maybe yours does too. If digital is more your speed, then click the links in the description below. As always, please like and subscribe to the Star Wars Underworld YouTube page. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and on Twitter and Instagram at Ion Cannon Pod. And keep it locked on the full Ion Cannon Podcast live on that Star Wars Underworld YouTube channel on Ian Cannon's Twitter and Twitch, coming to you this and every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and then right here on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Till then, happy reading. <laughs>